performance is not just for top athletes and actors. It's something we engage in every day of our lives. But the question is, are we performing at our best? How we think, feel, and behave all influence our results from day to day. Dr. Christie and her guests will show you the common elements behind performance and how it all ties back to our success. Welcome to The Mental Game of Life with Dr. Christy Warner. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I'm your host, Dr. Christine Warner. And uh, many of you already know this, but just to kind of refresh, I am a business consultant. I work in the change management and performance space, helping people and organizations increase effectiveness and efficiency by exploring their productivity challenges. But before moving into the business world, I worked with athletes as a sports psychologist and counselor for many years. And I am super thrilled about today's show because I love being able to share performance tips from sport with the business industry. And that is exactly what we're going to do today. We're going to explore what it means to be a corporate athlete and how we can use psychology to enhance workplace performance. In fact, there is so much to share on this topic. Today is only part one, and I'm going to follow it up with a part two in a couple weeks. So just to kind of let you know where we've been and where we're headed, um, this 13-week pilot is really broken up into three main sections. The first four weeks, we talked about performance topics that could be related to any part of your life. It could be work, family, sports, hobbies, et cetera, topics like goal setting, finding your passion, taking care of yourself, et cetera. This show marks the first in the second set of shows that it's really going to be focused on investigating performance in the business world and how we can really elevate our performance at work. The third section of shows will focus more on organizational performance, including leadership and organizational culture and the impact of all that. Um, And of course, this show is all about you. So even though I have ideas for shows, if you have an idea and a desire for a show topic, please share it with me at thementalgameoflife at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you and to get your ideas. I'm also really excited for today because I have a really fabulous colleague joining us later on, and I love how things worked out for him to join the show today. My guest was in town for a conference, well, he's still in town for a conference, and we met up to catch up over the weekend, and I mentioned the show, and I was talking about what I was going to be talking about, and I thought, hey, do you want to join me on Monday? Because two sports psychologists is always better than one, so Dr. Dave will be here to chat and share some tips he uses with athletes that can be applied to the business world. Um, He'll be coming on later in the show. So how do you get prepared and focused for activities and roles in your life? Or do you get prepared? In life, we of course have several paths we can take and we all all have strategies that help guide us smoothly along our journey and strategies that completely derail us or set us back. And sometimes we can get stuck, we can find ourselves floundering in the deep end, or we can be just simply off our game that day. With the business world being so demanding and asking more of us with less time and less resources. How can we perform better under these pressures? In my opinion, great performance depends on preparation and execution. And we have to look carefully at the behaviors that we do each and every day because those small behaviors really do add up to the results in our lives. And I like to think of our behaviors like the car, like the structure of the car. So we can look at the car and see how the car is doing, but ultimately we have to look under the hood. We have to see what's driving our behaviors. And what's driving our behaviors is often how we're thinking and how we're feeling. And what's interesting is that most most athletes spend a great deal of time preparing their physical bodies and their physical skills 
without acknowledging are working on their mental game. We can say the same thing in the workplace. We learn new technologies, we master Excel, budgeting, facilitation skills, but how often do we pay attention to our mental game before or during these big activities that we do each week, every day? What is our state of mind? What are we thinking and feeling before our sales calls, before the big meetings, before you introduce yourself for the first time at a new company event? And if we did pay attention to our mental state, could we use it to increase our performance? And my answer to that is absolutely, absolutely. Psychology just provides a framework to understand many things about human beings. And it also provides us with tools. And if we apply these tools, it can truly enhance our everyday experience. Today, we're going to talk about using what I call switch cues or switch routines and pre-performance routines that we can use to help us get in the zone, to help us prepare mentally for activities, daily activities and big events, increasing the odds of a successful outcome. Does it guarantee a successful outcome? No, but it increases the odds of one. But before we dive into these tools, I want to talk about the concept of being a corporate athlete. What is a corporate athlete and are you one of them? Well, the corporate athlete concept was really developed by Tim Lohr and Tony Swartz. And what they spent time was really looking at elite performers. And they spent decades trying to really understand achievement and success and they really took their methodology and applied it to business executives. And what they found was quite interesting. They discovered that the demands most people, just like you and me, face in the work environment are actually far more demanding than professional athletes face in their careers. So I'd like to take a minute to go over this comparison to really paint a picture for you. And this is from their book called The Power of Full Engagement. And what they found was professional athletes generally spend 90% of their time training in order to perform 10% of the time. But interestingly, corporate executives spend at least 90% of the time performing, and if they're lucky, they get to spend 10% of their time training and developing themselves. Professional athletes have usually high-quality nutrition, sleep, exercise, psychological support, rest, and renewal. Executives, on the other hand, work long hours in stressful circumstances with often poor nutrition and ineffective rest and sleep. Athletes typically enjoy an off-season, two, three, four months, depending on the sport. Well, I don't know, but the off-season for corporate executives sounds like, or even everybody in corporate, at least in the United States, is usually only a couple weeks a year. And yet they're still checking their emails and their voicemails, even when they have just a couple weeks off to recharge. When we look at athletes, especially professional athletes, we're looking at a career span about five to ten years And typically, at that level, they're making finances that can set them up for for quite a number of years after that. We look at, again, the executives, and they um, are working 40 or 50 years without any significant breaks. So we can start to see that people working in the corporate world are really working a lot, and they're not not recharging themselves. So this kind of goes back to a couple things. But one of the things that these leaders really found when they were investigating um, this idea of a corporate athlete was that in in order to meet the demands of the work environment today and to continue high performance, 
they really need to train in a more systematic way, much like athletes do, which is why I want to give you some tools to play with today. So let's again, let's talk about the landscape of preparation. For every hour an athlete is performing, they're usually preparing 10 to 20 hours themselves. They invest in themselves. They don't assume they can jump into the competition stage and just perform. They prepare their bodies. They practice their skills. They even prepare their mind, at least some of them. They take preparation very seriously, and it's seen as a sign of strength. However, the narrative in the business world is often that we work all the time, we never eat or sleep, investing in yourself could even be, be a sign of weakness. And sometimes we assume we can jump right into that playing field and perform at our best. But let's change the narrative because investing in yourself is critical for performance, no matter if you're in the boardroom or if you're on the field. So what's typically happening in the work world is what I see is that people are working longer hours and hours to try to make ends meet, to try to get through their emails, try to get through all the work. But this approach actually doesn't work in the long run. And people are becoming increasingly exhausted, disengaged, experience burnout. So at the core of this corporate athlete concept is this idea of energy management. And in the book, they talk about high performance requiring the focus of four sources of energy. The first one being, of course, physical energy. The next one, emotional energy. The third one is mental energy. We actually perform at our best. Um, in order to perform at our best, we need to be able to sustain concentration and focus. And to be able to do that, we also be able to have to have to take some breaks in the day. And the fourth one is spiritual energy. So we're not going to have time to go into all four of those today, but I do want to take the focus of two of them today. Talk a little bit about the physical energy because that really does impact all the other ones and talk about the mental energy, how to harness the power of the mind to really help us focus. So physical energy, of course, investing in your body, eating well, sleeping well, thriving during the day, as we learned from Stephen Terry a couple weeks ago, posture variation, making sure you're sipping water throughout the day, moving throughout the day. This is just a great reminder from a couple weeks ago. But it's also an important connection because the physical energy does impact the mental energy. And one of the things that's really important is to take regular breaks during the day. So some of you may be thinking, are you kidding me? Who has time for lunch? But lunch is so critical for our performance. And I know when I'm working with groups, um, with corporate folks, I'll even say to them, so how many people are taking uh, lunch in the group? A few hands go up. And then I ask them, would you expect an athlete to train seven to nine hours a day without breaks? Oh, their heads start shaking. Oh, no, no way. Of course, my next question then is, so why do you expect to be able to work seven to nine hours without a break? Usually I see some blank faces as light bulb goes off thinking, yeah, you guys are corporate athletes and you have to be able to take a break to, to truly recharge your energy reservoirs. So often we're not giving our mental energy and our brain the attention and consideration it truly needs. Our brains are not well developed to think productively for more than eight or nine hours a day and definitely not all at once. So I love to look, think of the analogy of the brain as like a muscle. It needs breaks to recharge, just like an athlete needs a break from physical strain and exercise. And the prefrontal cortex, which is where our high-level thinking happens and decision-making and all these important things, is a very hungry part of the brain. And it also has a limited amount of energy for the day. So it's really, really important that you take lunch to fuel the brain. It's also important for that emotional energy. 
And I heard this word recently, um, hangry. It's kind of like hungry, angry. And so we know that when we get really hungry, we can also get a little agitated or angry. So it's really, really important that we're fueling our brain to give it the energy that it needs so we can be productive. The other thing is taking breaks. That's really important too, deliberate breaks. I don't mean just like you wander off because sometimes we'll take breaks when we're really exhausted or we feel anxious or we're procrastinating on something. But what I'm talking about is really strategically disengaging from what we're doing to then strategically be engaged. So you actually need to be able to disengage to be engaged. And what I, I like to say is usually if you can work for 90 to 20 minutes and then take a 10 to 15 minute break, you're going to actually have more energy at the end of the day. So what I'm saying is take a conscious break, an intentional break before you feel exhausted. You'll find yourself getting less distracted and having more energy at the end of the day. And it's within this break space that I really want to focus on today because this is the pause of the day. This is where we can create powerful results by getting our brain ready for the next activity. So looking at preparing our mind for great performance and breaks are part of that. So when we return, I will, we'll be looking at preparing the mind and diving into some mental tools to help us perform better every single day. We'll be right back in a few minutes. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. Each week, Larry Sternberg joins Dr. Kim Turnage to explore management issues from culture to discipline in Managing to Make a Difference. Join Talent Plus for 60 minutes of dynamic conversation, including real-life management examples helping you manage teams across the globe. This series airs on Voice America, the business channel, Thursdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. Managing to Make a Difference every Thursday afternoon with Larry Sternberg and Dr. Kim Turnage. Tune in to the soul of enterprise, business in the knowledge economy with co-hosts Ron Baker and Ed Kless. Ron and Ed will show you how to recognize that wealth is created by intellectual capital. It's all in the possibilities that we can create and that are created for us. These possibilities are destined to be discovered by human imagination and through the service of others, creating a brighter future for all of us. The Soul of Enterprise is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel and simulcast at the same time on the Voice America Variety Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. This is The Mental Game of Life. To reach Dr. Christy Wanner, send an email to thementalgameoflife at gmail.com. Again, that's thementalgameoflife at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. 
Thanks so much for tuning in today and spending this time together. Prior to the break, we talked about being a corporate athlete and the importance of energy management and the critical nature that breaks play in being a high performer, both for physical energy and mental energy. We're about to jump in to learn about a couple mental tools around how to increase our mental energy to help you be more prepared for main events and activities in your life, in your day. The first one is what I call switch cues or routines. I kind of interchange that. Before I fully explain it, though, let me ask you this. Do you ever take a pause before you get home, before you run in the door to be a parent, partner, or pet owner? If you're an athlete or musician as well, do you take five minutes between work and your tennis game or before the band rehearsal to consciously switch gears? If you don't, I'm going to really encourage you to try this. Between your major roles in your life, whatever they are, take three to five minutes to sit down, relax, unwind consciously before you move in to another role in your life. It could be a couple minutes in the car. The idea here is that essentially you want to close one door or one program in the brain before opening the next one. For example, if you had a stressful morning and the kids out the door and off to school and your commute was a little crazy, take three to five minutes to sit, breathe, pause, pause before running into the office. Allow your brain to switch gears from being a parent or whatever it is you're, you are at home, partner, pet owner, hobbyist, to then being the leader, worker, employee. Similarly, before you enter your house, do the exact same thing. Let the workday wash away before becoming the mom, the partner, or even before hitting the gym. So often we rush from one role to the uh, to the next without a conscious pause, which can be really hard in our brain and make us feel more overwhelmed than we need to be. We enter the house and all of a sudden we have all these new demands that get thrown on us, either from people, from pets, or just from our surroundings. And we haven't even been able to process our day and let it go yet. So give yourself a couple minutes to mentally shift gears. This can have a huge impact on the quality of conversations that you have with friends or people in the house, You're a better workout at the gym, or even a better game of golf. Because I don't know if you guys have ever experienced this, but have you ever just rushed in the house, upset about something that happened at work, and kind of took it out on someone that was at home? Well, how great was that interaction? And I know some of you must be thinking, wait, the golf game and the tennis game is exactly my stress reliever. I don't need to pause before I go dig into that activity. I just need to get there and get into it. But how good is your workout if you're really thinking about work or something that's going on at work? Also, doesn't it feel great when you have a great game of tennis, golf, or soccer, even if it's for fun? So give yourself the opportunity to increase your mental focus and how well you're prepared mentally for this new task at hand by doing something so simple by sitting still for a couple minutes. Simply sitting still. But now I want to add an an important element to this. There's more than just taking a pause. I actually recommend having a physical symbol or a statement to let your brain know work is now complete and I'm now moving into X role. For triathletes that I work with, um, they often have a pretty intense work schedule and training schedule. 
And what I have them do is really take a pause and choose one activity that signals to them, I'm now letting go of work mode and I'm now in training mode. Something simple like tying their shoelaces or putting on their helmet. Something that they would naturally have to do anyways to prepare for training, but it's the mental association which says, I am switching roles that can really make an impact on us, getting ready. It's almost like bringing up a new schema or a new program in your brain that says, okay, now I'm moving into this. Now I'm getting ready to prepare my body to do this. The idea here is to pick one activity, a physical symbol that you can use each day to help your brain switch as well as your physiology switch from one role to the next. That is what I call a switch cue or a switch routine. It can certainly be a sequence of activities, but usually one thing done consistently does the trick. Taking off your watch or your earrings in the car before walking to the house, before you get to the office, put on your watch or retie your shoelaces. It just is a symbol that now you're moving into the work role. Put your keys consciously into your bag. Just don't throw them in there. Whatever works for you. Just one tool to help you prepare for your next major role in your life. So that's about how we switch. We can switch consciously from one role, to one major role in our life to the other. But how do we get mentally prepared for activities at work? That's what we're going to move into now. So obviously, we need to be able to focus for parts of our day. That's a really, really important part of being a high performer and a, and a leader. Every action, even the most simple action, the most instinctive, requires some level of focus and concentration. So how do you now get prepared for an important meeting or an event? Now, one thing to take note is that every meeting, there's going to be lots of things out of your control. The first step here is realizing and focusing on what is in your control. And that is often you. What you're thinking, how you're feeling, and how you react to the situation is all in your control. We're now going to talk about pre-performance routines. This is a way to help you focus your attention on a particular task intended with a successful outcome. A pre-performance routine is defined as a sequence of tasks, relevant thoughts, and actions completed in a systematic way prior to the performance of a specific skill. So essentially, it's your immediate preparation stage before the execution of a skill, a meeting, a conversation, a presentation. In athletics, this would be very, would be very specific actions or thoughts completed before, say, lining up for the 100-meter dash, engaging in a gymnastics routine. You can even see basketball players do a couple things before they have a, a free throw shooting, a shoot, shooting the ball in there. Or even be, you can see golfers do this before they putt. A pre-performance routine is a tool to enable you to achieve your best performance on a consistent basis. So something to, to really note here is that a, pre- a pre-performance routine does not should not be confused with a ritual or superstition. You know, there are some people that have to touch a certain sock or rub a lucky charm for engaging activity. We're not talking about those kind of things. We're really talking about an intentional routine that people do to help get their brain prepared. So the purpose of a pre-performance routine is to physically prepare for the movement. Now, a lot of times that's not relevant for the business world. That's more for sport. But for instance, even a facilitator may want to do something to get their body moving before they engage in a whole day event. Another reason we, we, we would engage in this is that it directs our focus on the task, a visual viewpoint to reduce distractions. Due to the large range of factors in our worlds, we can often get distracted. A pre-performance routine prepares a person by creating a familiar routine. It acts as a cognitive load, so it helps you prepare your thoughts, your feelings, and your movements. It also helps you to prevent unplanned thoughts from distracting you while you're trying to focus on this next task. 
Essentially, it enables your brain to get primed to get the right program open for program X or to perform this task and helps to then start to eliminate those distractions. The other purpose that we would use it for is this opportunity to have emotional control, psyching up or calming down. Sometimes we're, we're, we need to get our body moving or aroused or we need to, um, to get, we need to get our heart rate up so we're not tired. And other times we need, actually need to calm down, physically relaxing the body. So this is an opportunity for that. Overall, it helps with optimum mindset to achieve the desired outcome. Often projecting an image of your mind of, of the event in your mind can actually create the greatest outcome. We call that visualization. It also helps with confidence and awareness. So it also assists in schema development or maintenance. So what does that mean? Actually, we can create this routine so that you're actually your mind can do it even quicker to prepare you for performance mode for a particular task. So what are the components? So now we know what the purpose is. What are the components of this? Well, really, it's a certain behaviors that you need to do that you get to pick. It could be things like breathing. It could be visualization of the great outcome. It could be other more specific behaviors, standing up, lighting a candle. It could be specific thoughts that you have, affirmations, reviewing positive outcomes for meetings. But they're repeated in a very specific, systematic way. And routines can be a couple minutes or they could be 30 to 45 minutes, depending on the event. The idea is that you're going to repeat them over and over again so that your brain and your body get ready to then perform. When might you use this in the business world? Well, actually, there's a number of ways you could do it. I would recommend doing it for those value-add activities, those activities where you really need to be on your A-game. For instance, if you're in sales, before a sales, each sales call, create a two, three-minute routine that helps you to get into that performance mode. If you're in customer service or hospitality, before calling or meeting with high-maintenance clients or difficult clients or for any client, before big presentations to stakeholders, that's a great a great opportunity for you to get prepared for performance, get your mind in the game. Before giving a performance review, a speech, or engaging in, a, in an interview, before you demo a product or give a site tour or a property tour, these are all opportunities for you to get prepared to be in performance mode so that you can be the best you can be in that particular role. Pilots, truck drivers, construction operators can also use this as well to get ready for their performance. So I wanna give you some examples of how I use it, just so you kind of have a feeling of that. So for client meetings, I have like a two, three minute routine. I usually um, stand up for about a minute if I've been sitting down for quite a, for quite a while, have a quick drink of water. I quickly review past notes just to prime my memory on the topic and what we're gonna be talking about. I always review the outcomes for the meetings, either in my notes or in my my mind. I tend to close my eyes and focus on my breathing for one minute just to kind of calm down, get centered before I engage in my next activity. I take one or two minutes to visualize a successful outcome with that client and myself. After that, I dial the number and get into the meeting. This is a way that I use to have the best possible meeting that I can. So I also want to share how I would give, um, how I get ready for this show. So for instance, I have a checklist of things that I want to get done before every show, things like connecting with the guests, regular checklist, um, quick, um, I want to review the material, I want to make sure I find a good quote, so all these kind of things that get me prepared. And that's kind of a longer list that does help me to feel prepared for the show. And that's what I would consider preparation that does help me give me a sense of common focus, but it's not so like if I didn't get it done, I'm not going to panic about it, but it would does make me feel good to get all those things checked off. But always before about 30 minutes before the show, I have a, num- a routine I do. I eat dinner. 
I prepare my environment. So I get my office ready. I close the windows so the birds aren't chirping away over there. Um, I make sure the lights are on. I always light a candle. That's sort of my way of getting ready for the show. I review the material at a pretty high level just to kind of prime my memory about what we're going to be talking about today. I visualize success. And I often sometimes have a couple of a, a, a positive affirmation, like the show's going to be great. This is going to be a lot of fun. And if it's been a really hectic day, I do do some deep breathing just to kind of get centered. So if I've been running around all day, I will take some time to do that. It doesn't always fit into my routine. I don't always need it. But if, I've had a, if I've had a hectic day, I will take time to do, just take a couple minutes just to sit down and breathe. And then the final thing that I do, which is my cue to get ready for the show, is I get out my mic and my headset. And that's really my final thing that says, okay, we're getting ready to go. Then my engineer calls me and we usually chit chat for a while and then I'm ready to dive into the show. So that's my routine that I engage in 30 minutes before the show to help me to get prepared. Again, is does it always create perfect success? No, but it does per- get me into the mindset of being able to perform. So things to kind of remember before we go on break here is just that it doesn't have to be complex or lengthy. It's, it will take some time to establish your routine. It's individual, so it's whatever's going to work for you, but consistency in behavior is key. Keep the, rut- the routine simple and task-specific. And if you can, always try to repeat it. If something's not working, then you can always change it, but repeat it a number of times to find out if it works for you. So we'll be right back, and we'll be talking, just wrapping up pre-performance routines, and then I'm really excited to bring on our guests. So we'll, we'll be right back in a few minutes. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Do you realize that the root of your challenges lie within you? It's time to find out more about coaching and how it can help both you and your business. Coaching for Real with Ronald Graves will help you gain a deeper level of self-awareness to find the answers inside yourself. Our guests are business professionals just like you who agree to a coaching session on our radio program. Tune into Coaching for Real live every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Business. If you are a small business owner or a creative freelancer in pretty much any field, you can't miss Let's Get Radical. Your hosts, Jody Paydar and Liz Gold, will help you redevelop your plans, policies, and practices to take a radical turn in order to achieve new success. They spotlight the latest in technology, attitudes, what others are doing, and what can help you. Tune in every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. And let's get radical. Does your organization lack proper leadership? We're not necessarily talking about experience, but about how to face the changing dynamic of leadership today. Sometimes the people we lead know more. Old ways don't work anymore, and the comfort zone just becomes too easy. Listen for Out of the Comfort Zone with Dr. Wanda Wallace. We'll show you how you can adapt and develop your leadership skills to today's workplace. Every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
This is The Mental Game of Life. To reach Dr. Christy Wanner, send an email to thementalgameoflife at gmail.com. Again, that's thementalgameoflife at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Hi, we're back, and today we're exploring some basic sports psychology principles and how they can be applied to the corporate environment to have a great performance. So before the break, we were talking about a pre-performance routine, and that's really a quick routine to help you prime your brain to get ready to perform. It's a series of activities and or cognitions or thoughts to help you to prepare for the particular task at hand. So one thing I want to wrap up before we bring our guest on is the idea of the gift of time. How can you support yourself with space to effectively change from activity to activity or to engage in a pre-performance routine? Before the break, I was sharing with you that I have one before I have client calls, but I have to have five to 10 minutes to engage in that. So how do you get that in this busy world? One is I really recommend really blocking off on your calendar five to 10 minutes between meetings so you have an opportunity to switch gears from one meeting to the next to prepare your mind, to prepare yourself for a great performance, a great interaction, a great outcome in that particular meeting. Also, a great routine, if you have an opportunity to book the meeting, try 25-minute meetings or 45-minute meetings to allow you to prepare for the next meeting or activity. So with that said, I am very excited to introduce our guest today. Dr. David Botsford um, is a clinical and sports psychologist at the University of California, Santa Barbara. He works with the athletic department as well as the counseling center providing clinical and performance psychology services to student-athletes. He also is a member of the Clinical and Sport Consulting Services Group that specializes in performance psychology. He works with athletes and coaches from youth to elite, helping to them to make competitive performance more consistent, more efficient, and more successful. So, Dr. Dave, I'm excited to have you on the show. Welcome. Oh, thank you so much. It's, it's good to be here. Yeah, it is so great to to have you here in D.C. and have the opportunity to see this weekend as well as to have you on the show. That worked out wonderfully. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of interested in your thoughts on a couple of things that uh, I know you have some expertise in. One of the things that we know derails great performance, no matter if you're on the field or in the boardroom, is stress. Stress is an enemy to concentration and focus and memory recall. I'd love to hear what you'd recommend to people um, to help them manage stressful situations in the workplace. Do you have any strategies for them? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I mean, I guess the, uh, let's see, I guess, I guess I should first say, I should first admit that, that I'm, I'm not a big fan of the quick fix. Like I've never been a, a, a believer in, in packaged programs. Um, and so I guess the way that I work with people is that I, I really look to, to the individuals to, to kind of, you know, create performance routines and, and as far as having the building blocks for, for what's going to help them most. And when I say building blocks, I just mean what are the, what are the, the components, the aspects of, of their, their routine um, when they're going through their day, um, you know, on their own and, and um, doing their work, what are the things that, that you know, bring meaning to their, their experience and their work. What are the things that, that help them to feel to feel powerful and in control and and um, calm? Um, and and sometimes those are, are are really really simple things like organizing your desk or or you know taking a few minutes like you were saying earlier to your, for yourself to go through uh, like a breathing exercise. Um, I'm a big fan. Also, uh, when when you talk about stress, I think you know 
as, as we all know, you know, the stress can affect the body um, and, and the mind differently. And so a lot of times when we're talking about stress, we're talking about, you know, having a very busy mind, having a lot of thoughts going on. And, and I think that instead of trying to fight that or, or even stop, stop those thoughts, what actually becomes more effective is, is bringing your awareness back into your body. And, and you know, in, with um, some, some basic centering techniques such as a breathing exercise or mindfulness exercises um, that can be learned pretty, pretty simply. They're not, they're not like complex tricks or anything, um, but the, the trick is to practice them. You know, it's, it's not something that you wait you know, as you know, it's not something that you wait until you have that, that big meeting or that big presentation to, to, to provide um, until you kind of pull it out and say, okay, now I'm going to practice my breathing. No, you really, you really have to, um, you know, implement it in, in, as part of your regular routine so that when you do have an important meeting or important presentation, um, that, that you kind of already have some of those routines established ahead of time, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I, I think I could go in about 25 different directions there. But let me ask you this. I love what you said about bringing it and focusing it on your body. Like when you get stressed, how do you bring it back to your body? And you talked about mindfulness. Can you expand on that a little bit? Sure. Well, I, mindfulness is, is, is kind of becoming one of those um, more more commonly used and, and um Known terms, um, but it's it's not it's nothing very esoteric or, or complicated. It's really, basically, it's it's um, a, a a process of focused awareness, of just paying attention, basically, um, but but doing it in a very deliberate way to to the present moment and in a non-judgmental manner. Meaning that you know, especially in in work, in school, and even in, in family life. We, we often are kind of in our analytical mode. You know, we're, we're, we're um, comparing and contrasting and, and analyzing and trying to make decisions, and, and our brains are really good at that. However, there are times, especially when we're, we're beginning to feel stressed, when, when that kind of that mode um, of, of our mind is not, is not helpful. And, and so if, if we're, you know, we're walking into a presentation and we start looking around the room and, and thinking about how many important people are in the room and, and comparing, you know, their vita to ours and, and, and their number of publications or, or, or their income or, or their position to, to ours, you know, that's only going to up, up the level of stress and anxiety and, and become a distraction to our, for, to our own performance. So I really think that um, you know, having having a, a way to to kind of you know focus on okay, you know wh- where are you right now? You know where you are is where you are, and it, it's not meant to be a circular statement. It's it's meant to be a centering statement. So focusing on bringing yourself back to, to you know not just physically where are you, but um, uh, mentally where are you, and um, and and then, and and not not trying to evaluate it or compare it to um, to some idealized. Um, concept of, of what you think, you know, what you think it should be or what you think it should look like, um, and, and really just kind of accepting, you know, being where you are. And I think it's not the same thing as complacency or or accepting mediocrity. I think a lot of times people say, "Oh, well, I can't, I can't accept where I am because that means that that I've given up and that, that I'm not, I'm not really striving for, you know, um, to be the best I can be." No, acceptance is not is not giving up. Is not giving in. 
it's just accepting where you are. It doesn't have anything to do with, you know, you can still have, have your goals, your, your aspirations as far as where you want to work towards. But it's a, it's a process of, of bringing yourself kind of back down and grounding yourself. And a lot of times we do that, like I said, both with some, some mindfulness exercises, um, which often start with, with a breathing exercise. Um, because I think breathing is, is, you know, obviously one of the most important life-sustaining things that, that we all do, um, but believe it or not, very few of us think about it very much or pay attention to our breathing, when in reality it's probably the, the most efficient, most effective way for, for us to, to kind of down-regulate or, or regulate in, in any direction, really, um, our, our level of arousal or intensity. And so by focusing on your breathing... You can deliberately slow your breathing, in turn slow your, your heart rate, lower your blood pressure, reduce your muscle tension, and then, believe it or not, being able to effectively calm your body can also help calm your mind. Wow, that is awesome. I love that you shared all that, that knowledge there. The, one, the couple of things that I just wanted to summarize and I was really picking up from that was the importance of the non-judgmental because when you're really judgmental of yourself, it actually creates more anxiety. Um, which takes you right out of that state. So I love that you're really focusing on that piece and then bringing back to the breathing because that's like the the easiest way to really get focused again. Like calming your body, like you said, can really help calm the mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It is. And, and you know, it's like one of those things that, that you know, the most effective, um, most profound kind of strategy or intervention is really the simplest. You know, it, it doesn't take a whole lot of expert training, um, it just takes some consistency and some, a little bit of practice in terms of, you know, doing some breathing exercises that you, you, you know, enjoy and feel comfortable with and things that, that can be, um, and they don't have to even take a long time. It can be literally five or ten minutes um, and maybe not even that long with some practice and, and to, to get the effects of, of calming, calming yourself, kind of taking that mental step back, kind of distancing I, I kind of refer to it as creating space, like creating mental space between you and your thoughts. Because as much as we'd like to believe, you know, we are not our thoughts. You know, thoughts are just concepts, ideas, memories, um, facts that, that are, are kind of presented by our brain. Um, and, but a lot of times I think if, if when we get overwhelmed um, with, with thoughts and with um, expectations and, and judgments even, that's when it becomes harder for us to kind of step back, and it, and it feels like you're you're standing, yeah. you know, you know, nose nose distance away from a big movie screen, and everything is really, really big and really, really intense. And what what often you know um, helps is to kind of you know take that proverbial step back, create some distance, and then things become more manageable. Great. Well, Dr. Dave, that is awesome, awesome knowledge. And we uh, thank you for tuning in today and thank you for being here. We'll be back in a few minutes to wrap up the show and uh, with the recipe for success. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Effective leadership is what will propel the world, organizations, and businesses through a range of dynamic changes. How do you keep up with these changes, build skills, and lead effectively? Listen for Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf. 
Maureen offers tools and engaging guests who are leaders in their field. With each week, you'll work on and improve your skills to lead with confidence and drive your organization's success. Tune in every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you want to hone the right skills to become a CEO or stay there as a competitive strategic leader, check out CEO Academy with Pam Lassiter. You'll learn the tips to success and hear from the experts who are at the top of their games. You'll make your company stand out from the competition and build your own reputation in the process. Top executives are made, not born. So take charge of your future growth. Listen for CEO Academy with Pam Lassiter. Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 Pacific on Voice America Business. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. This is The Mental Game of Life. To reach Dr. Christy Wanner, send an email to thementalgameoflife at gmail.com. Again, that's thementalgameoflife at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Thanks so much for joining us today. I'm so excited uh, to be with everyone and uh, excited that Dr. David Botsford's here with us um, sharing his words of wisdom around stress and mindfulness and how that can, you know, taking time to breathe and taking this space um, can really help us to be effective performers. And um, so Dr. Dave, you know, at the end of every show, what I love to do is do like the top takeaway strategies. What I, it's what I call mm-hmm. the recipe for success, which I know you don't like recipes. You like that individual uh, approach, which I love about you. Um, but one of the top strategies this week is really to use a specific cue, like an object or a phrase or a word to signify that you're moving from one role to the next. And you and I um, were out this weekend and you had shared a great story about this. And I was wondering if you could share that story with the listeners and, and the impact it's had on you. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, so this was a, a few years back and, and basically I had been working at a, a treatment facility with teenagers um, with all kinds of emotional behavioral problems. So, you know, working at long days in a, in a busy facility, um, could, you know, definitely became really stressful. And at the end of the day, I found myself coming home and, and kind of still continuing to kind of think about and ruminate over different individuals I had worked with and, and how they were doing and thinking about things and, and planning ahead. And so I felt like I was never really able to leave work at work. And so one day um, I was talking to a colleague and, and he actually kind of, you know, shared this, this little tip with me. And, and it was basically, yeah, like you were kind of talking about before, using some kind of physical cue so that you could kind of train, you know, I could kind of train myself, believe it or not, to, um, 
to kind of uh, let go of, of, of work when I'm not at work. And so basically I, I had a watch that I always wore when I went to work, um, but I didn't usually wear it outside of work. Um, but I started, what, what really helped my routine was that I would come out of work and, and get into my car. And before I even started my car, <clears throat> I, would, I would take the watch off and put the watch in the center console of my car. And for me, I, I made that a, a very deliberate connection with, you know, between the watch and work. And so for me, when the watch was on, I was at work. And when the watch was off, I wasn't at work. And, and it might sound, you know, uh, you know, like a whole lot of mumbo jumbo, but um, with, with a little bit of, of pairing, a little bit of practice, you know, kind of deliberately kind of just focusing on, 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 that, on that pairing and, and reminding myself that, okay, as, you know, whenever I take the watch off, I'm taking off work, I'm putting down all those clients, all those people I work with, all those questions or information or, or things that I'm you know, going to have to deal with tomorrow, but I don't have to deal with them tonight when I go home. And so I, I, every night I would take off my watch before I start my car, and then I'd drive home, and in the, you know, during the drive home I would listen to music or radio station, um, and then you know, something I enjoyed that didn't have anything to do with work, and by the time I got home, I found myself feeling much more relaxed and, and that I really found that, that having that, that physical cue of pairing my watch with, um, <clears throat> with work and, and then therefore the stress of work allowed me to, to you know, conveniently be able to take that off. And then once I, I took that off, it was, it was literally kind of the, the metaphorical you know, um, detaching and, and letting go of all the stress from work, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I think that's such a great story. And I think what's really powerful for me to hear and hopefully for the listeners is that even a performance expert um, can get benefit from doing these simple, simple activities that help us to really switch from one role to the next. So thank you so much for sharing that with the listeners. And thank you for being on the show to to share your wisdom. It's so great to, to have you here. Oh, thanks a lot. It was, it was nice to, to be able to join you. Great. So now I'm going to move into uh, the recipe for success um, and then wrap up the show. So, of course, you just he- you just heard a great story about using a switch role um, cue to complete one role before you move into the next. Um, number two, that was number one. Number one is develop a pre-performance routine for one major type of event or activity in your work world. Practice it. Again, it can be a combination of thinking. It can be a combination of a couple activities that really just prime you to get ready to perform. Things to remember, of course, it doesn't need to be complex or lengthy. It's totally up to you what works for you. It can be a couple minutes. It could be 10 minutes. For me, for this show, it's 30 minutes. Um, the third one is manage stress. The best thing we can do when we're stressed is to acknowledge that we're stressed versus pretending that it's not true and then find a, strat- a strategy that helps us relax and refocus so that we can really attune to the most important elements of what's in front of us, the task at hand. Some strategies that got thrown out today were visualization, deep breathing, just non-judgmental, just be realizing that what can you control in your environment in order to help you then to perform. Number four is using visualization to help you to perform at your best. And it's not hocus pocus. It actually really works. It actually activates the brain in a way that's almost if when you visualize yourself performing, it actually activates the brain as if you were. So if you really think about it, if you practice visualizing yourself, you've actually done two performances, one before and one after. 
Um, and so it can help to increase your success. And you can visualize yourself outside of you. So you're watching yourself like you're watching TV, or you can visualize visualize yourself internal, where you're seeing like the vantage point. So if I was visualizing myself presenting, I'd see at the podium, I'd see all the audience. So you can do it either way, but practice visualizing, visualizing an outcome, make sure it's positive and make sure you can see yourself in that movie. Um, the benefits are terrific. And for the last one, I just want to say, just start thinking like an athlete. You're always in training. You're always learning. That in itself can be an important paradigm shift that allows you to dramatically improve your life and your professional performance. Remember, your brain also has only so much energy and capacity each and every day. Use it effectively and don't overwork it. Don't overtrain it. Um, so I would just love to wrap up the show. Those are the, the main bits I'd love you to take away. Practice um, a pre-performance routine. Practice those switching from role to role. And uh, I want to thank so much our guest today, um, for, for joining us. And I'd like to, if you would like to connect with Dr. Dave and you know an athlete or a coach that would really benefit from his services, you can email him at dpotsford at gmail.com. Next week, we'll be looking intensely at the science of behavior change. And our guest speaker is an empowerment coach and speaker and entrepreneur with an incredible story of how he changed his life by changing his thinking. Tune in next week to go beyond limitations with me and guest speaker, Richard A. Cross. Until then, start thinking about what micro change you can make this week to increase your mental game. See you next week. Thank you for tuning into The Mental Game of Life with Dr. Christy Warner. Please be sure to join us again next Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Let's talk next week.